Each week, the Bible as Literature podcast brings you in-depth discussion of the biblical text in a format short enough for your morning commute, but long enough to be substantive, posing difficult questions meant to keep you engaged. If you value this work, please consider donating as little as 25 cents per episode. That's just $1 per month. To learn more, please visit patreon.com forward slash Bible. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash Bible. Thank you. Hi. This is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to episode 314 of the Bible as Literature podcast. There is nothing, nothing that justifies disobedience or disregard for the commandments of God. Nothing. In Galatians, St. Paul exclaims that no one, None of the other apostles, not even an angel from heaven, no one can contradict the teaching of God. In the Gospel of Matthew, no human words can even be presented as though they are a teaching. It is only the written words of God that can be our true elders, teaching us how to treat the human elders in our life and showing us the true meaning of clean and unclean hands. Richard and I discuss the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 1 to 9. You're listening to the Bible as Literature. This is Father Mark Bulos. And this is Dr. Richard Benton. And you are listening to episode 314 of the Bible as Literature podcast. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. When the scribes and the Pharisees come up with this question, it sounds like a problem for Jesus. If Jesus is teaching that you need to follow God's law, you need to follow God's teaching, the scribes and the Pharisees say, aha, Jesus, here is a place where you're teaching your students to do something besides what is passed down to us. What is the point of reference of the scribes and the Pharisees? The scribes and the Pharisees are referencing the tradition of the elders. If we see how Jesus formulates his argument time and time again, it's as it is written. People want so badly to follow the tradition of the elders for the sake of stability, of knowing that that's what people have done before. But unless the reference point is scripture, you may be repeating the evil of the generation before. When the scribes and the Pharisees come and the tradition of the elders is the reference and not scripture, we're going to have a problem. The scribes and the Pharisees just saw Jesus feed 5,000 people with bread that was provided by his father. Out of five loaves, he fed 5,000. And instead of having some humility and acknowledging the work of the gospel in the hands of Jesus, they try to get him on a technicality, and then they can spin off into endless punditry that distracts from and invalidates the actual work that Jesus did, despite the laziness or the inadequacy of his 
followers. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? They're making a claim, as you said, Richard, that somehow Jesus is disrespecting the tradition, but he just fed 5,000 people with the law of Moses. So he's not going to capitulate to their premise that he's some kind of a reckless radical. He's not. He's very correct, very faithful, and honestly very legalistic in the sense that he would never transgress what is written in the law of Moses. So he is turning the tables here on the scribes and Pharisees. It's a bit like his legal jousting with Satan in the wilderness. You want to argue Torah with me? Do you really want to have a Bible study with Jesus? Do you really think you can out-argue him? You are the ones who are transgressing the commandment for the sake of your tradition. Because as you said, Rich, when they talk about elders, I don't think they're talking about Moses. This is exactly the problem. Jesus gets them on the two counts. First of all, he says, okay, in this discussion, I notice you didn't bring up God's commandment. They say the tradition of the elders, and Jesus says, your tradition. There are things that our elders do that we like to repeat, and there are things that our elders do that we don't like to repeat. But what is the reference point, whether we like it or not, whether we think it's a good idea or not? We are the referent. We are the ones who filter all the traditions that are passed down and pick and choose the ones that we like. It's like when you give advice to your kids, the stuff that they agree with, they do immediately. The stuff they don't like, they drag their feet, they pout, they argue. It doesn't have to do with the source of the teaching. It has to do with their emotional reaction to the teaching. For some reason, Jesus says, this washing hands thing is the thing that you are taking from your elders. It is what you are taking. It is your tradition. But what is God's commandment? For God said, honor your father and mother, and, because Matthew is ruthless, he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Now, this is very clever on the part of the Matthean Jesus, but before I talk about that, let me just explain why this is such an important commandment in Scripture. It is the most normal thing in the world for an adult to try to find a reason to justify their difficulties, their shortcomings, and their sins. Now, the funny thing is that the law, the same law that prescribes this commandment, also warns about the sins of the fathers being visited upon the child. But the critical point is that because of functionality, which we have covered again and again in Scripture, when the commandment turns to the parent, it threatens the parent about their responsibility. When it turns then to the child, it threatens them about their duty towards their parents, because the issue is self-righteousness. And so dangerous is the rebellion against authority that this is insisted upon. You have the commandment to love God, but your reference for the power of God, your most immediate reference, is your father and your mother. Paul deals with this in Ephesians very clearly in the way that he 
emasculates from top to bottom the Roman household with this functional judgment from the commandment. So the only way that you can behave correctly is if you don't self-justify. That's why it's so problematic for me, Richard, as a preacher of Scripture, to hear everybody constantly blame and complain about their parents. It's really getting old. It doesn't solve anything. Jesus does not say, well, we all know that bad things happen when we disagree with our mother and father or we reject our mother and father. What he's saying is this is God's commandment. Let's begin with the most important thing. Jesus won't take the scribes and Pharisees' word for it. He's going to quote scripture. In the King James, it's he that curses father or mother. And in your translation, you read father. It's he that speaks evil of father or mother. It's kakolego. It's speak badly about. You're not allowed to even speak badly about your mother and your father. This is very counterintuitive for an American, that you do not say something bad about your father and mother. Well, what if they're bad? What if they do? This is the commandment. You have to figure out a way to respect the commandment and do what you have to do. But the commandment is unambiguous. You honor them and you do not speak anything bad of them. What you do from there, we can discuss, but this is indisputable. This is set in stone, literally, from Sinai. (laughs) You are not able to move this one. You have to work around this somehow if you're going to move forward. Here's what's really genius about this specific commandment, Rich. Going back to your original point about the elders, he's going to show them their wickedness by confronting them with the scriptural premise about elders, because we all know that religious teachers think they're something when they're nothing, and they forget, as we say often, that they too have a belly button. They too were attached to a mother. They too are the product of their father's sperm. Nobody is self-referential. It's what's so important in verse 4 for the agenda of Scripture for the sake of the common good. And when I say common good, the common good of Scripture is forward-looking to the generation yet unborn. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you has been given to God, he is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, You invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. So there it is, Rich. You have the religious leader saying, if you would rather give to the church instead of to your parents, that's the right thing to do. Our jurisdiction, our denomination, our church is the right one. So if it completely offends your parents and they feel dishonored and you don't have their blessing to join our church, it doesn't matter because they're heterodox, and maybe one day they'll be saved too because you'll teach them by bearing witness. No way! No way! If you do not have the blessing of your parents, you have a problem. Jesus puts the listener in a very difficult position here. If you have to choose between honoring your father and mother and honoring God, you have to honor God. But let's start with God's word honor your mother and your father. This puts you in a pickle, because if you have to choose between honoring God and honoring your parents, Jesus says, 
it's not a choice. You have to honor both. You can't choose. God said you have to honor your mother and your father. I just led Bible study on Romans 13, where you have to follow what the government says. Why? Because God put the government there for you to follow. Father Paul in his book says it's like practice judgment for the big judgment. You want to dedicate your money, your being, your wealth to God and not to your parents. This is against God. (laughs) You're claiming that this is in honor of God rather than your parents. And Jesus says it can't be any different. When I was in Ukraine, there was a Protestant pastor, and he would not baptize anyone unless he had been to their house, seen how they lived. And if the parents did not bless the baptism of this person, he wouldn't do it. He could not go through with it. I'm talking about full-grown adults, people in their 20s. This pastor would not baptize you if there was no blessing from your parents. If the parents said, I don't think it's a good idea, he wouldn't do it. This is what Jesus is doing to force accountability to God, squeezing someone who says, oh, I'm doing this for God's sake, even though it goes against my parents. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me, but in vain do they worship me, teaching as a teaching the precepts of men. In the Greek, it's much more powerful than the English, because it says, didaskondes didaskalias, teaching as a teaching. It's not as a doctrine. Their teaching is no teaching at all. People give lip service to God. They do what they want, and they call it God's will. Jesus is saying there's a very clear reference point, and that's Scripture. But it's not enough to say that this is the reference point. You have to follow this reference point. This reference point has to be reflected in your actions. If it is not, it is lip service, and it's vain worship, and it is the teaching of human beings that you're following. It is your tradition we're talking about. It is not the tradition of your elders. It is the ones that you chose, the one you selected, that even go against your elders. So don't tell me it's of the elders when you use it in order to dishonor your elders. And so Jesus shows that this approach is absurd, that the only correct way to proceed is to hear the teaching and act. This question about who is teaching the precepts of men in the Gospel of Mark was very much a part of the Pharisaic attack against Jesus. But that's what exposes the hypocrisy of the Pharisee. This is what's interesting about that commandment about the washing of the hands. The Pharisee is, in fact, not teaching what Scripture says. They are teaching what they say to serve their agenda, just like, as we've said, political pundits who speak on the networks. They don't really care about what's happening. They care about advancing their agenda, protecting their donors, etc., etc., The key point here is that in doing so, they are feeding people bread dirtied by their own hands. It's dirtied because the hand of the Pharisee can't make something. They are human hands. The disciples didn't bake the bread that Jesus fed to the 5,000 in the wilderness. So whatever it is 
the Pharisees want to make with their dirtied hands, it's a fool's errand to no purpose. They're working to no purpose. It's going to have no good outcome because the bread they give cannot produce life. But the hypocrisy has nothing to do with whether or not the teacher is righteous or unrighteous. It has to do with whether or not the teacher is speaking God's bread or the bread made with human hands. Thanks very much, Dr. Benton. Thank you, Father. You've just heard the Bible as literature. Thanks for listening. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.